Hello, I'm Nicola Dean and this is Safeguarding Matters with the Ancraft Trust. Hi everybody, I'm here with Bridget Tunney and Bridget, you are on placement with um, ACT, aren't you? You're helping us with um, our social media and everything. Anyway, yes. tell us all about it, who you are, what you do, why are you with ACT? Yeah, um, so my name is Bridget, um, I'm a third year student um, at the University of Nottingham studying sociology um, and um, I was drawn to apply for this placement with ACT um, because the the safeguarding um, adults um, aspect really interests me and yeah I thought it was a, it was a great opportunity to um, put myself into and uh, so far I've just been doing some social media work uh, and been kind of doing work towards the their annual safe guarding conference so that's been really really good yeah oh thank you well I've heard good things from the marketing team saying that you've done some great resources so um there's a little bit of a pat on the back for you so thank you for that um and that's interesting that you were you were social work student you're a sociology student and you were drawn to act. So you're on a, um, a placement with us for so many days, aren't you? Um, yeah. What was it about safeguarding adults that made you want to come? Yeah, so um, I've always been kind of interested. I've done a lot of work with safeguarding students mm-hmm. um, and um, specifically children through um, my church. Um, oh. And we've done a lot of kind of weeks where in the summer we've done summer camps and so we've had to do a lot of work on making sure that we know the correct safeguarding policies um it's always been um, very interesting to me and kind of the inclusivity of you know disabilities and mm-hmm. and making sure that we we safeguard um adults with disabilities as well so um yeah that's what kind of draw, draw me because because I knew a lot about safeguarding children, um, but I wanted to know and get more experience with yeah. safeguarding adults and um, oh. older people. Yeah. Well, I hope you are getting that experience. Um, <laughs> and helping out with the Safeguarding Adults Week is is really important to us, you know, making sure that everybody's got enough information and that they can get the word out. So thank you for joining us. Um, and I think you ran uh interest you're involved with rugby tell us about your interest with rugby your involvement with it yes so um this year i um am the twos vice captain for women's the women's rugby team at the university um i've been playing since i started uni so not really that long at all actually only two years or so um and i um have been involved last year with a little bit of work with um, Rugby Minds. Ah. Yes, so that's a campaign um, that was set up by one of the women in our team last year um, to improve the welfare and and the culture of the rugby team, both for the men's team and the women's team. Mm -hmm. So what did you do then? It it sounds good. Um, I guess, why did you think the culture needed to be improved? improved the um, woman who started it last year would probably say it a lot better because she she was the one who was inspired to set it up but um if I could like speak on her behalf I'd say that um it was rugby minds was particularly set up to 
focus on inclusivity in the culture because I I guess there is um, a lot of past and a lot of history within the culture of sports that hasn't been that inclusive right. and um, and that does need to change and I, that was kind of what drove her to um, found this campaign. Oh great I mean it, it it's fantastic to hear it because obviously you've heard about our safer culture safer sport campaign yes, um yeah. yeah so we're really trying to think wider than specific safeguarding issues with people with care and support needs to thinking of how do we create a safer culture for everybody so everybody can take part so there is a massive link between safeguarding and equality and diversity you yeah. look at it from an inclusion point of view we look at it from a safeguarding point of view and they yeah. actually come together don't they yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So what, what have you been doing then as part of this project, the um, Rugby Minds project? Yeah. So um, last year, um, I personally just did a, a little bit of media work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of involved um, videoing um, interviews with specific rugby players within the club who... Um, are either parts of the LGBT community, um, they might have um, kind of non-visual type disabilities like Mm -hmm. dyslexia and how they, um, that can be a disadvantage in the club but also kind of their positive experiences as well so that was very interesting yeah. So it's interesting that yeah you said about we can recognise the problems, but we have to recognise what's working well, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And then, and what else did you find? Um, I found the the interviews um, that they did with the um, about the LGBTQ community within rugby. Um, a lot of the women um, in my team were kind of opening up about how. Um, as a club, they've had quite a positive experience, especially at the uni. Mm-hmm. But um, it's that it's the it's the men's culture that has they've had experience of um, kind of um, slurs and um, anger and kind of mistreating those um, women who are part of the LGBTQ community and and kind of what we can do to um, make sure that the I'm I'm saying men here but you know women can also um be a part of this too you know how we can all be more inclusive of yes. um people from the LGBTQ community and yeah how we can m- make them feel more welcome in sports I think yeah it's interesting because sometimes people use language and they'll say things like oh it was a bit of banter or mm. um the need to get a sense of humor as if if the problem is with the per- the other person, yeah. And actually, it's it, it that does it's it's so important, isn't it? The language we use to create this safer culture. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's what what um rugby minds really tries to focus on. It's like that. It's that culture in sports, trying to make sure that um it's inclusive and it, it it's it's a positive culture. You know, it's not leaving anyone out or discriminating anybody. Yeah. So was there anything that um, has changed because of it? So it sounds like you've done a great job of people 
wanting to speak to you. I mean, that in itself, that you were there to listen, I think must have helped. But what else? What what other things happened because of it? Yeah, so um, there Part, the committee um, actually went on further, so I did a little bit, but the committee went on and they did um, a compulsory workshop on, that was compulsory for all of the men's rugby team at the university and the IMS team um, right. to attend to. And it was a workshop on consent. Um, it was off the back of the kind of spiking situation that was going on in Nottingham. Um, last year and they put on this workshop Mm -hmm. and um, the women basically did a survey on um, the experiences um, of kind of sexual harassment and they found that 90 over 90 percent of the club had experienced this and and that was um, shocking but also really good that we could get that message across in this workshop and the um, feedback was really positive of what the like how the men were they felt like they were really it was really eye-opening for them and they and then as a result of this um, the SU then made it compulsory um, and they want to make these compulsory workshops yeah compulsory for every sports team on the university so um yeah that was obviously really really helpful because it's not just in rugby and it's you know it should be implemented in every sport and that's what the university has uh, has started to do so that's great that really is a good response isn't it Mm. that from your your friend who started this who thought come on let's look at the culture in men's and women's rugby at nottingham university you then interviewed people you got their stories yeah you did a survey and you've done some training on the back of it on the result of the survey and you've found quite shocking results really mm-hmm. and you've taught people I would think about what it's like and you're going to support not just the rugby teams but also all the sports teams I mean this is going to be thousands of students who are supportive because of this yeah definitely and um the, the rugby minds campaign actually won an award um from the england rugby unis um for just acknowledgement uh, of how great this campaign was because yeah she just kind of came up with this idea we need to kind of have a campaign for the culture of rugby last year and it's turned into something incredible I mean they've got a full um committee across both the men's and the women's team they've they've done a podcast with um the Nottingham radio and yeah they've they're doing really it's really good I recommend you listen to it so yeah definitely well we'll put a a link to the um podcast um on our page as well I'm definitely going to have a listen. I think yeah. you're describing a model of listen, learn and lead, which is what we really want for organisations from a club right the way through to a national governing body, student um, sport. You've done it. Have you got any tips for people who are thinking, yeah, well, it's all right for um, Bridget and her colleagues, you know, and her student friends. They've got all the time in the world. Um, Have you got any tips for people who are listening and thinking, well, I'm not sure how to go about it? 
yeah um yeah i'd say it's definitely not just um something that students can get involved in and it's not just a student culture either and it's not just yeah. a rugby culture um that needs to be improved i think mm. um amongst all kind of sports i'd say if you're part of an organization that um uh, specifically focuses on sport one thing you can do is really look towards you know like what that how people are, are training coaches uh, mm -hmm. and you know what they can coaches can do um in games and, and to and in training to be as inclusive as possible and to make sure that you know when they're explaining those drills that they're helping um people who you know might have a learning disability yeah. and, and they're they're finding it difficult to understand um some of the some of the set plays and and stuff like that so i think that's one thing that um coaches can do mm -hmm. and also i think um for women in sport um that's a definitely uh, i feel like women can often be um discriminated a lot in sport and i think that um one thing everyone can do is just watch more women's sport yeah. and um definitely get involved in um the media coverage on sport on women's sport could definitely be a lot better um and as far as the um lgbtq community is concerned mm. i think that little things like um in your sport in your on your boots we started you wearing rainbow colored laces yeah and um i think you know just um that kind of sh little things that show that anybody is welcome in the sport and and that um anybody is included and everyone's equal um it's, it's just really nice message to get across as well awesome they're really good tips and i think we're in rainbow laces um time at the minute aren't we i think they're promoting mm. rainbow laces in the premier league um yeah. i've seen a little bit about it and i know it's right across um sports but it shows that you're an ally aren't you you're an ally there you're there yeah. you know we accept people what did you think what do you think about you know women were saying about um some of the language or some of the harassment has mm. how, how can that be tackled yeah i think um We've definitely been trying to mm -hmm. obviously put this um, message across. So that work, that compulsory workshop for the men's um, was really helpful for an eye opening. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it made sure that they knew that it does it does it affects, you know, women in yeah. sport a lot. And it, it, it's um, so, yeah, I think. Um, these compulsory workshops which are now incredibly going to be which is really positive going to be implemented around the university mm -hmm. it could be used um in a lot more sports for men to oh. know that this kind of language and um you know it, it can affect anyone and i don't think it i think it, you know everyone women and men need to know that um the language they use against people who have been discriminated like um people from ethnic minorities yeah. uh, people from the lgbt community people with dis disabilities um it is really important that we get behind people like this and yeah. and i think one thing that um needs to be implemented is that people like this um are given um 
positions of leadership in sport yeah. and because then it really shows that you know you're welcome but you're not only welcome you're equal and you're you're just as capable of playing sport and you will be just as successful and you can enjoy it just as much um and yeah because when you put some people in that position of leadership like you know making somebody a captain or, yeah. or um a coach um you know it really it, it really shows um everybody that that everybody is welcome yes it goes mm. from in fact you know it could i was going to say tokenism but there is some tokenism around ddi i think you know quality diversity and inclusion we can sign up to things we could wear our laces but unless we have people who do have protected characteristics or have not traditionally been in these positions of power, we're not really acting on, are we? We're, mm. we're signalling, but we're not. Are we really changing? Yeah. So it sounds to me like you're going that step further and you are getting people who are, or you're thinking of it, how people can be included at the top level where they will influence, you know, the coaches really influence, yeah. um, the people on the committee really influence. They're setting the culture, aren't they? Exactly. So that sounds great. I really, I really do feel, this, this, <laughs> our colleague said, you'll be really excited talking to Bridget Nicola. And um, I am. I think it sounds absolutely brilliant what you've done. What next? What are you, what's the project going to do next? So they are looking, um, at trying to find someone uh, a very well-known character within rugby to kind yeah. of um promote rugby minds a lot more so they're looking at trying to get somebody you know that they can interview because that really gets the message across you know when you get a from like a a, f a famous face within the rugby community then every, um, that attracts yeah. a lot of attention so i know that that's on the horizon They've um, got full-on committee this year, merchandise. Wow. Um, yeah, they're really promoting the campaign, trying to get the word across. Well, you're doing a great job of getting the word across. Um, we'll be promoting it, the act, and it sounds like a great project. Mm. The thing that really strikes me is something that um, people have heard me say over the years, for me, safeguarding starts with a conversation. It starts with just asking people about their experiences. Yeah. And then you start to listen and then you start to act and then mm -hmm. you start to drive it forward. And you you set out in that model, you listen to people. And yes. anybody can do that, can't they? Is there any tips that you've got for people listening? Because I'm just going full circle, you know, your bit was to you interviewed people, didn't you? Um mm. Is there anything that you think you did that made people open up? Because you kept saying, you know, people were opening up. Is yeah. there anything about you? Did you ask anything that made them open up? I mean, to be honest, I think I I was given some great open questions that really, right. that, um, you know, they were they were very topical. Um, and I don't don't want to go too much into the the actual person and their experiences. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. It's those it's those personal conversations and kind of just and just listening, mm -hmm. making sure that, you know, 
it's not too too structured uh, and campaigns like this can't it can't be too flashy and you know um it, it can't be too narrow either it has mm. to be you know inclusive in a way that's not just um you know ex- not it's not just at that face value accepting so um people uh, and saying yeah no we're, we're an inclusive campaign it's genuinely sitting down with people who are at maybe a disadvantage in sport or mm. do have like a disability or they um or their um sexuality has mm. been discriminated or you know, their gender or their ethnicity mm. and um they have these past experiences that um have maybe potent- had the potential to put them off sport yeah. but instead you know this is what we can do this is what you can do yeah. because like for me like personally they can really tell you actually what needs to be done I think it, it is those personal interactions finding yeah. more people who have had those experiences and just listening to what they think we can do to make things better for them yeah Brilliant. I agree I, I just think and that you said um about asking open questions Mm. so you didn't go in with a set agenda you had some open questions about their experiences and they told you about their experiences I think if we're going with an agenda and closed questions people won't open up Mm. um and then I wonder if they maybe felt like they were going to make a difference because you did make a difference because yeah. sometimes people won't speak again if they feel like, why bother? Why why should I do something? Why should I tell you my, you know, Bridget, you're yeah, a nice woman, definitely. but why should I tell you my story? Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And those people who I've interviewed are are some absolutely phenomenal players mm. and they have made a difference. And it, it's through them opening up and um, that has really helped us understand them. And it's inspiring because you yeah. see that they've had these this discrimination or this disadvantage yeah. and yet they've still gotten to where they are playing the sport that they play and how much they enjoy it and how much it helps them and uh, you know it means so much to them because of that and um yeah it's really it's really inspiring actually it is it is it really is you yeah. know from a small seed you've created you and your team and your committee now have created a great project that's making a real difference and yeah I think the way you've gone about it it is a a real lesson to other people so I do hope you get your famous rugby person on board um I don't think I I think you will I just I just can't (laughs) believe that somebody doesn't want to get get behind this because it's it's making such a difference like you say um oh thanks very much Bridget as you can tell I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you (laughs) is there anything else you want to add no, that's good. I think that's been it's been really really nice talking to you, Nicola. It's it's a really great topic, and I'm glad that I could um, share with um, this podcast about rugby minds and the great stuff that they're doing. Thank you. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want to know more about our work, check out our website andcrafttrust.org, and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ancraft Trust.